you're listening to the Living Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Toks Aroture. This is episode 29. Welcome to the Living Inside Out podcast, where we believe emotions are powerful, but they're not great leaders. Episode 29 is Ronald Wayne, A Lesson on Fear. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? This week, the temperatures have dropped some more, and I'm recording this in a heated room wearing uber thick socks, wearing my long sleeve pyjama set and a onesie on top of it, and my room is warm and my toes are cold. (laughs) Any suggestions? Welcome. My boys are growing and I've lately become obsessed with life and death. I think it's age. I keep thinking about how once we die, our essence disappears as well. And in the end, all of our running around will be for what again? We must make our lives count. If you're not subscribed to this podcast or you haven't reviewed it, can you do that, please? It just means that you wouldn't miss a single episode. You'll be up to date. And if I decide to do a live broadcast, you will also be notified because they do have these live podcast features, which I'm dying to try out. And it also helps to increase the listenership. Because every time you listen and every time you subscribe or when you subscribe once, (laughs) the one time you subscribe, the more subscriptions I get is what I'm trying to say, along with the reviews, it kind of makes it easier for other people to find. And you can subscribe anywhere, podcasts are played, Spotify, Podbean, Audible, Google, and of course, Apple Podcasts and everything else. Thank you. (laughs) So in the previous episode, I told you that I had been having a challenging week. My challenge started with restlessness. Then it morphed into irritation towards anyone that even looked at me, but you wouldn't have known it because I was cool on the outside, but seething on the inside. (laughs) And finally, it all gave way to anxiety and fear. And I shared this on social media in a video last week. If you and I are not connected, let's do so. On Instagram and Facebook, I am at Talks Arotary, and I look forward to connecting with you. In the last few weeks, I've heard more stories about anxiety than ever. And I am not exempt from this list because I've had my share of it as well. I've had a grueling last couple of weeks just dealing with emotions. And it's funny because in my head, I know what's happening. In my head, I see myself running around, freaking out over imaginations and things that are yet to occur that will probably never occur. And I know I shouldn't be doing that. I know what's happening, but I just didn't seem to have any control over it. I just kept, it was like my emotions were gaslighting me. One minute I'm happy, the next minute I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm freaking out. So in my case, I was worried about 
an aspect of my business and I caught myself catastrophizing. This is when you take one single thought, add it to an overactive imagination and you create a believable horror story from it. And the more you watch this story in your mind, the more sinister the thoughts become and the more your imagination grows and creates even more of a story. And if you're not careful, you get into a loop and you can't get out of it. And so I thought about people who live like this day in, day out with no hope of relief. I knew that it wouldn't last forever with me. You know, I take my faith very seriously. If my faith holds me up is what I'm trying to say. And it is foundational in my life. And so I pray when I'm breathing (laughs) in every situation. But I was afraid to work the space between the spot where I prayed for help and the spot where God would later answer. It was like trying to cross seven seas and seven mountains, fighting monsters and dragons in between. As you know, my journal is my therapist. So after some self-persuasion, because I was just so reluctant to look and see what was in my mind, I put pen to paper and I unraveled my concerns. And today I'd like to share my findings with you, which will include the reasons we fear, the effect of fear, and how we can work around it. The avoidance of pain. I touched on this subject in episode six, and while I was grappling with my recent panic, it turned out that I was merely afraid of the discomfort my imagined horror situation would bring. There's a saying that goes, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And I've heard this explained in different ways, but I take its meaning directly from the words just as stated, that the thing you are afraid of is the feeling of being afraid. The feeling of not knowing, of no certainty of your immediate future. It's like stepping over a cliff with a promise that A piece of ground will mysteriously appear, but only after you've left the safety of the ground you're standing on. And so the avoidance of pain is one reason that we fear. That's what I noticed about me. I was avoiding the pain of feeling fearful, feeling afraid. A second reason I picked out was our preference of safety. And this is the bulk of today's topic. You see, the brain is wired to protect us from danger, and we all have experienced this through the fight or flight action or the stress reaction. We come across danger, we run. This protects and keeps us alive, but our brain tends to interpret the unknown or the unfamiliar as dangerous as well, even when it's not actually dangerous. This is the fear that will keep you from starting a new career or business, despite the amazing idea that you're carrying. The unknown is a potentially dangerous terrain, and sometimes we choose to be safe rather than sorry. So today we're taking our lesson from Ronald Wayne, who is the co-founder of Apple. 1976, Apple was founded by Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and Ronald Wayne. 
The two Steves had 45% each of the business and Ronald had 10% because he wasn't really keen on getting into the business. He provided administrative oversight and documentation for the business. Ronald was risk averse because he had previously lost his business, which was a slot machine business, and he spent 12 months paying back the debt. He was also 41, while the other guys were 21 and 25 respectively. On the 12th of April, 1976, 12 days after forming the company, Ronald sold his 10% share for $800. Now we can only imagine the sleepless nights he would have had over that almost two-week period. The guys had obtained a line of credit for $51,000 and Mr. Wayne felt, well, if these guys fail and they need to pay back, they have nothing. Whereas my meager possessions are at risk. You see, because a partnership works differently from a company that's limited by shares. In a limited company, the shareholders pay back when the business goes into debt, the shareholders will only need to pay back the value of the shares they own. In a partnership, each party is jointly responsible for the debt of the company. So Mr. Wayne having only 10% made him liable still for the full amount of the 51000 if they needed to pay back if they were in debt. Last week, we looked at Tyler Perry's life and how he had been motivated by anger towards his father. And the minute he forgave his dad, he needed to find another source of motivation because he had been creating from that place of, I'll show you and I'll prove to you that I don't need you. And once the forgiveness was gone, there was nothing left to build from. So he had to find a deeper reason. In the case of Ronald Wayne, his decision to sell his shares was motivated by trepidation and the dread of losing everything. When I read that he had to pay back over a 12-month period, I was actually quite surprised because I don't think 12 months is a ridiculously long time to pay back a debt. Then again, this was 1970s and the world was not running on credit the way that it does now. I learned years ago that we can't measure a trial by its apparent size. For example, Someone who loses 200 pounds isn't necessarily luckier than someone who loses 2,000 pounds because the one who lost 200 pounds may have lost all they had while the other guy may have lost just a small amount, a small percentage of what he has. At different periods of my life, and I'm sure it's the same for you, 100 pounds has meant different things to me. I believe that the measure of a trial is how much of you is left after the challenge has dealt you its blows. So perhaps Mr. Wayne's business loss was a huge blow to him, both financially and emotionally. Perhaps he had a wife that promised (laughs) to leave him if he lost another penny. We don't know. But there are many lessons to pull out from this little bit of his life. We don't know much of his life except this very famous or infamous part of it. But there are several lessons to pull from this little portion of his life. 
There is the obvious, don't let your emotions like fear make decisions for you. But my second takeaway is don't idolize your failures. Idolizing one's failures magnifies it to a position higher than it is worth. Have you ever met people who just go on and on and on about a situation that happened 20 years ago? And I don't mean that they tell the story to share their experience or dispense a life lesson or to a listening audience. Mm -mm. I mean, when they tell their story with the same regret and the same pain, that they experienced when it first happened. And daily they make decisions from that space of pain. This is what happened to Ronald Wayne. Some of us draw conclusions daily from a place of regret or doubt or pain or fear. So I caught myself also making a decision from worry. It is important not to lump every anxious feeling as fear. So I got out my trusty journal to lay bare exactly where that emotion was coming from. The fear of loss I uncovered came from my real life experience of losing everything I had 12 years ago. I share that portion of my business journey in episodes one and two. I refer often to my rock star story, which is how I learned to share my story from the mindset of a victor as opposed to a victim. And prior to that, I felt minimized by the experience and I shied away from referring to it or talking about it. Once I wrote out my rock star story, <laughs> all shame and smallness and minimalism associated with the experience disappeared. Thank you very much. But what's interesting is that this week, just this week, I found that the emotion of fear did not go anywhere. It has showed up regularly over the years, but I never associated it with losing my first business. This is not to say that all fear I have is tied to that one experience, but that one experience has a particular fear that shows up from time to time and it showed up this week. And here's how I dealt with it through a series of questions and answers. First of all, I listened to a sermon by Deborah Smith Pegay and she said, experience creates a belief which affects our behavior. And I agree. I believe that our circumstances or environment creates our thoughts, which give off an emotion, which leads to an action. And I found that working backwards is a fail-safe way to figure out exactly what belief or thought is creating that action or creating the emotion that's leading to the action. So my first question is, what action am I currently taking? Answer. I'm stalling. I'm stalling because I'm worried. So I'm waiting to feel better. I can't function when I'm scared. And I'm waiting for the feeling of fear to leave so I can function again. Because I feel paralyzed. My second question was, what do I believe? Talks, what do you believe? I believe that this new venture that I'm starting could fail just like my first business did. 
Question three, what were the circumstances that surrounded the failure at that time? At this point, I then began to describe in detail who I was 12 years ago, how I thought, and what guided my decisions then. And as I wrote, God began to show me how I have grown since then. He showed me my 12 years worth of growth, 12 years of miracles, 12 years of growing in faith and knowledge, 12 years of building resilience. And I realized that possibly if I had the wisdom and knowledge and experience that I have now, if I had it then, that failure probably wouldn't have happened. And I say probably because there were external factors that I had no control over. I also came to understand and accept that I cannot take 12 years worth of life and business experience and retroactively apply it to the past. (laughs) So in a nutshell, the fear of something that happened all those years ago is redundant. Because the person that had the failure no longer exists. Isn't that something? You should have heard me scream with joy and excitement as I realize how I have low-key idolized the emotion I had at the time. You know, sometimes we're so afraid of going through anything remotely close to something we have exalted to oh my goodness, impossibly massive, horrendous. And we just, we kind of give fear or we give a past negative experience such great accolades and we raise its standard and raise it high to the highest heights and make it seem like it was so huge we can never overcome it. While Tyler Perry used his anger to build, I used my negative emotion to stay safe. One of the circumstances I pulled out was not recognizing the voice of God. I remember hearing that still small voice and treating it as a light suggestion. (laughs) These days, I see it as God giving me very clear directions that I don't want to ignore. And I don't want to be writing about how I wish I had listened 12 years from now. Thank you very much. So what is it with you? What emotion is responsible for your movement or your stagnancy? Are you being driven by anger, unforgiveness, dread, regret, fear of the past? Here's another lesson I learned. Don't idolize your present circumstances. Back to Ronald Wayne. I can only imagine the relief he felt at paying up his company debt after 12 grueling months. I imagine that that relief led him to crave even more of it, so much so that any opportunity to recreate it was snatched up. This relief was short-lived and he lost it when he signed a contract owning 10% of Apple. If you've ever had a large credit card debt and you finally paid it off, or you've paid off your mortgage, or you've paid off a car debt, a car loan, or whatever, there is this feeling of a ceiling has been lifted from my head. 
And you really do want to live in that space forever. So I can understand why having been freed from the debt of his previous business and jumping straight into another potential debt, the guy just thought 12 days later, you know what, I'm not doing this, cannot sell my piece for this. Thank you very much. And he literally just sold back his 10% to the two guys. He didn't even last a week. I shouldn't say last because it sounds negative because we don't know the true reasons. We can only assume. But he didn't stay (laughs) in the business for more than 12 days, apparently. An entrepreneur is someone who starts a business to make a profit and does so while taking risks. So while being an entrepreneur has an attractive ring to the name, it isn't as sexy as it initially appears. Investopedia describes an entrepreneur as someone who starts a business to make a profit, assuming all the risks and enjoying all the rewards. The rewards are usually visible to the outside world while the risks are hidden. (laughs) Because no one sees us freaking out behind the scenes. No one sees the sleepless nights and the worrying and the stressing out because that's all happening internally. I recall when I wound up my US company, the relief I felt. There was this peace of mind that even if I didn't have anything, I also wasn't risking anything. I was in a safe space and I was glad for it. When you've done your share of mountain climbing and fighting the dragons and the monsters, you'd jump at any chance to rest. (laughs) So when you compare your season of rest with a period of climbing, you risk idolizing the peace and quiet. But the truth is, it's only peaceful because you're comparing it to turmoil. And if you decide entrepreneurship isn't for you, Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But I share this not just for people in business. Your mountain climbing could be rising up in your career, raising your children, building a legacy, or whatever risk-taking venture you've embraced. Chances are fear will rear its head while you climb, and you'll be faced with two options. Should I sell my 10% stake and have peace or should I face the fear and keep climbing? Here's another lesson I learned and this is from a spiritual point of view. We have an enemy and his aim is to make sure you don't fulfill the reason you were created. He does this using negative emotions as a weapon to paralyze you. You cannot advance while you're standing still. And I discovered that fear does not attach itself to any one thing. What it does is it overlays your eyes so that anything you focus on will be viewed through the prism of apprehension. So wherever you turn will appear to be a no-go area. And it's not because the road is closed or, you know, there really is a restriction there. But it's because you're now viewing all things through a veil of deception, through a veil of fear. Just like if you put on blue tinted glasses, everything will look blue. And if you look through eyes of anxiety, everything you see will look terrifying. 
So how did I deal with things besides taking it apart and uncovering its roots and finding that it's been living with me unidentified for 12 years? Well, I spent some time looking at nature. Mm -hmm. I drove down to West Sussex today for work and had the opportunity to see the English countryside. You know, the hills and the sheep and the fields and the horses and cows and fog and gray skies and all of that stuff. All I could see was that there is a God who made all of this and he is bigger than my worst imagined situation and I serve him. So I also read his promises in the Bible and picked out one that said, He'll never leave me or forsake me. And another that said his thoughts towards me are of good and not evil. Fear is the anticipation of a bad result. And I have since manually switched my anticipation to a good one. And I find that I'm having to do that several times a day. It's not automatic. It's not. I I wish I could say that I'm just, you know, just anticipating good and fear is gone. That's not the case. It's requiring me taking action on it. A few more pointers on fear that I'm going to share quickly before we leave is that fear grows when you stand still. During the fight or flight reaction, blood flows to our limbs so we can run or fight. And this means that there isn't a lot of blood going on in the brain a lot of flowing to the brain because we don't really need intelligent decisions. We kind of need more of our impulse and our energy in that time. And when we're afraid, we tend to throw our plans out of the window, which stops us from advancing and we respond with impulse. Fear shows up in a place of transition. Mr. Wayne was going from regular guy, debts all finally paid, to becoming an entrepreneur, possibly with the potential to owe way more money than he ever did in his life. And that fear grew over a 12-day period. And in the end, it won. It intensifies even after transition. And you may decide to backtrack on your decision. So you want to look out for that. It would come back as, you know, I've had a real think about this and I think I made the wrong decision. And I would prefer, a lot of times it really is just your preference for safety that's making the decision for you. Fear will show up again and again and again and again. I'm sure you can testify to that. I have also found that it attaches itself to a past negative experience, just like it attached itself to my experience of loss 12 years ago. And finally, fear loses its power when you take action Oh my goodness, I have so many stories on that where, and I'm sure you do as well, where you dread something and then you finally take action and you stop and say, exactly what was I afraid of? (laughs) Let's connect on social. I'm at Talks Arotere on the major platforms. That's my first name and surname, T-O-K-S. A-R-U-O-T-U-R-E. Also, if you head to my website, which is toxerotere.com, there is an abundance of inspirational material just waiting for you there. Listen, I'm so glad you joined me today. 
Thank you for listening and remember to leave from the inside out.